So I thought today uh, what we would do is we'd watch Once Upon a Time in America. It's it's a great film. I know you've never heard of it. It's a little longer than the movies you're used to. It's four hours. But I think it'll be really good. What do you guys think? I still think we should do Spaceballs. I'm, I'm, I'm Team Spaceballs. That's a terrible film. It, look, it's only four hours. Actually, it's okay. It's actually closer to four and a half. I think you'll you'll totally enjoy it. I think we should do that one. Are there explosions? There's one explosion. Are there 80s boobs? Yes. Car chases? Yes. I think we should do Spaceballs. Spaceballs. The only way we are doing Spaceballs is if you're planning on locking me in the closet. Wow, that can be done. Sure. That's easy. Now that we got rid of the real problem here, we can watch Spaceballs. Time for some good movies. Hello and welcome to We Came From The 80s, the podcast where we thought movies were cool, or something like that. I'm your host today, Ramey, and I'm joined by Heather. Welcome. Hi. It's, it's the takeover edition. The takeover edition. So we had to lock Farron in the closet. Uh, he did not want to do the movie that we did, which is where you take Planet of the Apes, Star Trek, Star Wars... And, of course, Wizard of Oz, and tie it all into one, and you end up where evil will always triumph, because good is dumb. We are, of course, talking about Farron's favorite movie, Spaceballs. No, no it's not. Spaceballs premiered on 24th of June, 1987. Director, Mel Brooks. Writer, Mel Brooks. Thomas Meehan and Ronnie Graham. And it was starring the blockbuster cast of Mel Brooks, John Candy, Rick Moranis, Bill Pullman, Daphne Zaniga, who apparently was not who I thought it was, Joan Rivers, Michael Winslow, and John Hurt. It had a rating of PG on a budget of $22.7 million, and it made $38.1 million. So, Spaceballs it was. It was a fantastic movie. I thought Christy Swanson was the lead. Not at all. It was... Zaniga, Daphne Zaniga, who apparently was on Melrose Place for like seven years in the 90s. What do you know? <laughs> you learn something new every day. So we uh, we decided that Farron wanted to do a four and a half hour movie about um, something that something. was probably a pretty good movie, but it was four and a half hours and he wouldn't let me sleep for three of it. So we locked him in the closet and we're going to try a podcast without him. Yes, just st- stay in there until he grows a sense of humor. Fair enough. I, he doesn't apparently like this it's movie. It's going to be a while. Which is weird. It's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, I remember this movie in my childhood. It was probably one, again, we watched in early 90s. Could have been late 80s. And obviously being a farce of a whole bunch of movies tied into one. I think there's some Alien in there and there's some other movies. Uh, we probably thought it was pretty funny back then. And watching it today, it's actually still pretty funny it's, in my opinion. Yep. 
really funny. So. Yeah, we rented it about eight thousand times. So fair enough. Fair enough. Because I mean, really, it's got it's got body humor. It's got puns. It's got slapstick. It's uh, got parody. Great actors. What's not to love? Yeah. Well, and I mean. You rented it, so you tried to keep Blockbuster Video in business. Exactly. Um, that didn't work out so well. Uh, so, where were you when you saw this movie for the first time? Oh, at home. In the living room. In the living room? Yeah. It yeah. would have been right when it came out, or? Well, as, as soon as it was in the in the video stores. Yeah. Good, yeah. I yeah. Probably the same. Video store rental, or maybe, yeah. I don't know, maybe saw it on TV. Definitely didn't see it in theaters. But that probably would have been a pretty good one in the theaters, too. <laughs> so. I, I can't see my parents actually paying for this one in the in the theater. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, I did see Men in Tights in the theater, and we paid for that. So awesome. That can't it's be another a, good one. Yeah, another good one. That Mel Brooks. Who's Men in Tights? It's, it's Mel Brooks. Yeah. Mel Brooks, yeah. I mean, he's killing it. It's got, like, the, the Princess Bride guy in that one. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I, I talked earlier about uh, Mel Brooks has done some good movies that Farron doesn't seem to like, but that's yeah. okay. Zoolander, another one yeah. more recent. Yeah. He won't even watch that one, so he can stay in the closet where he belongs. But we want to work our way through this movie and talk about it and have a fun old time explaining why Farron's wrong and we're right. Hey, uh, guys, can I come out now? You just let us finish and then you can come back out. So we talked about kind of when we saw it, and I've always really liked this movie. I, from then until now, I find that this movie uh, holds up from a humor standpoint. I think it's still really funny. Um, you know, it's it's funny to see a lot of these actors in their very young uh, careers. You know, 80s Rick Moranis did a lot of movies in the 80s, early 90s. Um, John Candy obviously was a cat in a lot of movies in he that time. Huge. So, but yeah, did you? You've always liked this movie. Oh, yeah. You still. Good. From 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 the initial scroll. Fair enough. And what stands out the most to you? Ah, uh, just the. It's just funny. It's just funny. It's like, just funny. It's a good time. It's it's an hour and a half of goofball comedy. Yeah, well, and it really encompasses the '80s racial undertones and the sexist undertones and the these things that are pro like not really acceptable today. They probably weren't back then, but they were overlooked. Um, but they make a lot of kind of edgy jokes that you know, are pretty funny. So it's it's kind of interesting to watch today and sit back and go, ah, could they get a go get away with filming this in 2019? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there'd be a group of people that like it, but yeah, it was good. So let's work our way through it. So movie opens with the Star Wars style uh, scroll of bringing you up to speed for chapter 11, <laughs> which, you know, they... Hint at money, so Chapter 11 being bankruptcy in the United States. I'm assuming there's a connotation there. It's pretty funny. Is it? Chapter 11, yeah, is filing for bankruptcy in, no way. Yeah, in the U.S. <laughs> so. I just got that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then they open with a spaceship, just kind of the same as Star Wars. And the spaceship goes on yeah. and on and on. And you pointed out the best part of the entire spaceship. Just the bumper stickers. The <laughs> there's, there's bumper stickers throughout, and it's so good. Yeah, I mean that's just one of those things where if you watch Star Wars, there's no bumper stickers. I, I think nope. that I think that takes away from the film. There, sh so. there should be a bumper sticker on that initial destroyer. I totally agree. So, uh, so we enter into the destroyer spaceball one where the captain who is a little goofy is talking to his little spaceballs, which are these little guys with white helmets, which would be uh, you know relating back to the Star Wars theme, and um, they introduced us to Dark Helmet. Who is the bad guy? 
Rick Moranis. Yep. And the music's not as good, but he enters and they all salute him. And he's a goofy doofus, which is perfect for a bad guy. Yep. Darth Vader. Darth Vader with a big giant black helmet. Yeah. He's the dollar store version of Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason he's like... Is because he can't breathe in the helmet. In the helmet. Yeah. I, I like his I like his I like his little black tie too. Yeah, black tie with like the swirly testicles on it. Is I that what they're supposed to be? I don't know. Looks kinda phallus like. Oh, all right. So um so obviously they start off where uh they're going to a planet. Um in the in the chapter eleven speech they talk about how the space ball city is running out of oxygen. So they need to go and get oxygen from planet druidia and their planet druidia has come up on the radar so dark helmet has to impose his intelligence on how they are going to kidnap a princess so he goes over to mr coffee (laughs) here we have a visual gag (laughs) yeah a visual gag where he doesn't realize that he likes to drink his coffee while he's looking at the radar which (laughs) is actually pretty funny um farron probably doesn't think so but he's in the closet so he doesn't get an opinion on mr coffee but Mr. Radar is right next to it, and they're showing this planet, beautiful planet, with all this oxygen that they're going to steal. But they need to kidnap the princess first. They head into, uh, they show the outside of a church on uh, Planet Druidia, where they're going to do a uh, wedding for Princess Vespa and Princess Val- or Prince, Prince Valium, Valium. <laughs> who's a sleepy so, jury. Yeah, he's another... Minor 80s star. Oh, he is. Yeah. Jim J. Bullock was on all the game shows. and. Oh, yeah. That's of, right. Yeah. yeah. He was on some, some real stuff, too, but he was, like, everywhere in the 80s. That's funny. I didn't even recognize him, but that is absolutely true. So, I, well, I, might, I think, I, I assume you recognize him from that. Yeah. Hmm. What? More so at the time, because he was current at the time. Yeah. But not, not as much now. Well, it's kind of neat when you can get all these actors into one film that, and I guess that's Mel Brooks. He was a pretty big name in the 80s, big director, writer. Like, he was doing a lot of stuff in the 80s. So, I guess when you're Mel Brooks and you want to advance your career, you don't say no, no matter how good the movie is. So, during the wedding, she's being forced to marry the only prince in all of the land, and uh, uh, he's falling asleep at the altar, and... While this is happening, she runs right down the altar. <laughs> I do not. By the altar and into her Mercedes vehicle that takes her off into space. With her droid attendant. With her droid attendant, who is Joan Rivers. The funny thing is, this is your take on C-3PO or the Tin Man. And it's ve- she's very, like, it actually looks kind of like Joan Rivers and obviously voiceover. And I'm assuming she wore a suit for this. I don't think this was a... Fake robot. It looks like she was probably actually wearing a suit, but somebody was in there. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just uh, probably not as heavy as the RoboCop suit or the C three PO suit. Probably not. But yeah. It looked a little a little cheaper, but the roller skates were a good touch. Yep. So off she goes and uh, right into the arms of uh, the destroyer that's waiting to take the oxygen. Spaceball one. Spaceball one. So uh, this is where they introduce us to the hero of the show, which is. Lone Star. He is in a Winnebago with his sidekick Barf. And obviously this would be Luke and... Luke and Han Solo in one guy. 
in one guy and little Indiana Jones in there. A little bit. And then Barf is your Wookiee. Yep. Who, uh... Companion. Yeah, whose name is Barf. So they're in there, Winnebago, talking about... Uh, the, f- the phone rings, and it's um the oh. robot guy for Pizza the Hut. <laughs> yes, which turned into a very famous Pepsi commercial in the 90s. Um, so he... Pizza the Hut is the is the guy who's the, looking for money from Han slash Luke slash Lone Star, and he wants his money. And he's this big drippy massive pizza, which I think is hilarious. Pizza the Hut, of course, and he's all full of ooey, gooey, cheesy goodness. Exactly. Yeah. So he wants his money back, and with interest, his hundred thousand dollar loan turned into a million dollars. That is quite the vig on that money. That's it. Yeah, this is the mob in totally Spaceball age. So, of course, he doesn't have a hundred thousand or a million. Conveniently, uh, Princess Vespa's in trouble, and they make some more funny jokes about shooting across her nose, not up it. Yeah, which I thought was hilarious. Rick Moranis is actually pretty funny. Rick Moranis was great. Yeah, like I just, I, I it must be the slapstick. It must be kind of all of it. It, it's, it really is a surface movie, but. It's a good chuckler. There's yeah, a it's lot. entertaining. Every scene's got something to laugh at, except Farron. He doesn't like laughing. Stay in there. <laughs> he, he told us he likes comedy. Yeah, stay in there. Exactly. He told us he likes comedies, but this is like classic comedy. And it's funny because we talked about Top Secret, and that's a pretty slapsticky movie, and, and he apparently likes that movie. So, um, And Airplane is one of his favorites. Airplane is one of his favorites. I, I wonder if it's just the fact that he is such a Star Wars fan that this is just... BSE forum for it. He doesn't. I don't like... know. I think he just doesn't like toilet humor or yeah. or puns. I think the I think the closet's a good place. Yeah, he can he can just stay in there for a while. Farron, do you need some water? There's something in here. It it's moving. It's your closet, so that's your <laughs> that's your problem. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So after uh, he finds out he owes a million dollars, they go back to Spaceball Spaceball City. Where there's this rumor that they're running out of oxygen, which they've kind of uh, predecessed. And the president of Spaceball City is drinking some canned air from... Uh, Perry J- Air? Perry, <laughs> Perry Air, which is another hilarious one. Um, Perry Air. And uh, it turns out that it's from the planet that they're stealing 10,000 years of fresh air from. Which uh, is actually a thing these days. Canned air? Canned air, yeah. You, you can actually buy... Vital Air, I think it is, from Banff. I'm not even kidding. Ten years ago, I was talking to some friends, and I said, what we should do is we should run around to, like, a bunch of different cities, can up a bunch of air, and sell it on, like, eBay or at the time. I don't know if Kijiji was around, and people thought I was an idiot. And in the last three years, they're actually doing this and thing. probably yep. making more money than they should be. They're, they're doing all right. Which was my uh, plan. According was, to Google, anyway. Yeah. yeah, I was like, you just fly to Paris. You want some Paris air? Here you go. New York air. You've never been there? Here's some air from New York. Ugh. I thought it was a great idea. <laughs> Turns out it was. Yeah. So they are in uh, Spaceball City. Uh, his little minion girl commander comes onto the screen and says, you know, you're needed on the bridge. Or in oh come to the co- come to the control room or something or yeah and then they have Snotty beam him over which <laughs> he doesn't trust but is hilarious and it beams him with his head on backwards yeah where he makes a joke about his fat ass and it's again <laughs> really funny scene so they beam him back to try to get his body sorted out and Snotty is this 
Scottish. Of course, you know that because he's wearing uh, Tam O'Shanter and <laughs> speaking with a really bad Scottish accent. <laughs> really bad. Which he loses about halfway through the scene and uh, beams him back to his office where he says, I'll just walk. And of course, it's through one door. It's like door. through one door, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is also hilarious. But again, just it's just one of those movies where every scene, there's something happening, something funny going on, and it's it's goofy and stupid and awesome. So... So they talk through what they're going to do about Princess Vespa and they're going to get her and trade her for this, the code to the... To the atmosphere uh, lock atmosphere or whatever. Atmosphere lock, yeah. Um, there's the warning shots across her nose. Yeah, which ends up being up her nose and, you know, so on and so forth. So the funny part about this scene is they say, well, what are we going to do? They've got us on radar and they're going to jam oh, the radar. that's not there yet. Yeah. This is the, uh, I'm, I'm surrounded by assholes. Oh right, he said. Oh yeah, yeah, good scene. So he they says shoot up his up his nose, and the guy stands up and says, "Sorry, sir, I'm doing my best." And of course, he is their lead sniper, and he's got he's completely cross-eyed, he's staring at his nose. Yeah, yeah, staring at his nose, and, and and he says, "Who made this guy a gunner?" And the other guy says, "I did. He's my cousin, and he's also cross-eyed." And uh, the the commander says, "This this guy's an asshole." And Rick Moranis says. Something it's their family name. The yeah. family name is actually Asshole, which is hilarious. And then he says, how many assholes are there? And they all put up their hands. And he says, we're surrounded by assholes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, of course, when I made the joke that that's how we feel with Farron. So the closet's a good place for him. I really hate you guys. <laughs> so he... Uh, so then the 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 king of Gruidia hires Lone Star f- oh, for a million space bucks. I'll do anything. And of course, anything? We need a million space bucks. Don't throw anything extra to get gas because, you know, they might need that later on. They're going to, a million for a million and yeah. hopefully no more interest is run up on that loan. It's, it's going up. It's like going that's fast. Yeah. How, how is that calculated? I'm, like, I'm doing the wrong thing for work. I need to be a bookie. Seriously. A loan shark. Anyone need to borrow some money? You're not cheesy enough. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> oh, cheesy enough. So, so they, uh, so they're going to rescue the princess and they need to find a way to get her out of her Mercedes and please save the car if you can. He's more worried about the about car, the car than his yeah. daughter. <laughs> please save the car if you can. So he's like, well, how are we going to get in there before? And a tractor beam has now picked up the Mercedes and is slurping them on board. So he decides to jam. The radar. Jam the radar. And how in Spaceballs do you jam the radar? They use a giant jar of jam. And what flavor is that jam? Only one man. <laughs> Only one man. What dare give me the raspberry? <laughs> because, of course, on the inside, you've got the actor from uh, from Police Academy who's making all the little sounds that radar would make. And it's lost the sweeps, the creeps, and the peeps or whatever. The bleeps, the, yeah. the bleeps. And when they say, what's that? He actually makes the sounds of the radar and... And while they're sitting there, jam starts pouring down the screen of the radar because, of course, it would come through the satellite dish yeah. into the command center and, and d- d- down the monitor down screen. Down the yeah. monitor screen, where Rick Moranis tastes it and says, Only one man dare use raspberry. Only one man would give me the raspberry. Yeah. <laughs> Lone Star. <laughs> So, so you have to do the you have to do the voices. I think so. Because like our our whole lives, we did the voices when we quote this movie. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. This is a good yeah. yeah we, I've seen this movie a lot. I think yeah. you you said you've seen it oh, about yeah, four thousand times at yeah. least. Yeah, and it's it's in our 
it's in our vocabulary at home. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Same with us. And I, I mean, I would probably, I'll probably watch this movie many, many more times. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those ones, yeah. if it's on, you flip to it. If it was on tonight, I'd watch it. Yeah. Let's, like Top Gun. Oh, dear God. Yeah. Only like Top Gun. <laughs> the closet disagrees. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Well, and this was way more expensive than Top Gun. I think. Or no, twenty-two million. It was slightly cheaper than Top Gun. So it's yeah. all the good, all the good actors probably cost all the money. Top Gun was fifteen. Oh plus, yeah, right. Plus the military. Plus the Navy though. threw in a few bucks. Yeah. But yeah, well, I thought Top Gun was twenty-five. Yeah, no, so this was, was more expensive than yeah. Top Gun. Yeah, I'm sure the acting, the series of actors. Yeah, because this uh, was um this was over the '80s standard of fifteen. It made a little bit more than this one did. Just uh, <laughs> the decimals in a different place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so they've been jammed, which gives Lone Star the chance to hover above the Mercedes, climb down the ladder. Well, he sends Barf down the ladder, yeah. and tells them that he's a half, he's a he's, he's a, a mog. mog, half dog, half man. We don't want to get into the science behind that. Um, don't want to know. Don't want to know. Yeah. So he uh, he's gonna rescue. Vespa and her little sidekick. And her matched luggage. Who's Dot Matrix. Dot Matrix. (laughs) Matrix. And of course, can't go anywhere without her matched luggage. So they climb on board uh, the ship and right away there is a there's a verbal argument because he's mad that the matched luggage is there and then who do you think you are and this is my ship and I'm the princess and this whole kind of argument ensues of some sexual tension that's going to start to build up for later. Yeah, they both assume the other one's hideous. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're a bounty hunter. This is some posh princess that has to have her match luggage with Spoiled. her. Spoiled, so. yeah. So they decide to get away while they're trying to unjam their radar. And they go to hyperdrive speed. Hyperactive. Hyperactive speed yeah. or something. And uh, Rick Moranis uh, doesn't feel that <laughs> hyperdrive's enough, <laughs> so they're gonna go to ludicrous speed. Yeah. So, uh, so they go to ludicrous speed where they went plaid. They've gone to plaid. They've gone to plaid <laughs> and overshoot. Yeah. Uh, Lone Star and the crew. So they shut down the engines and turns so, out yeah. the f- five. Dark, Dark Helmet says, stop. And the oh, captain yeah. says, you can't, you have to slow down first. Yes. <laughs> I order you to stop. So they do. And then. Of course, the emergency stop says never, never use. Never use. Yeah. yeah. Which shoots uh, Dark Helmet, which was actually pretty hilarious, and breaks his helmet. And he's like, thank God you're wearing that helmet. And then he's so, all stunned and, and yeah. acts like a human for a minute. Right. And then falls over. So th- this gives uh, this gives us a chance to cut back to Lone Star and his argument with the princess, and as that happens, they run out of gas because they only put five dollars in, which in hindsight was a poor choice. Yeah, he may- he might not have had more, but that's true. He, he, he didn't have his million yet. No, no, they didn't wire transfer any gas money. So they crash onto the moon of Vega. I believe something like that. Sure. Random desert planet. Random desert planet where of course only take the essentials which turns out to be all of her match luggage as they're stomping through the desert. And a giant hair dryer. <laughs> <laughs> because 80s. Because 80s. So there's a giant hair dryer for her nice hair and they drop it and then that's much lighter now isn't it? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and they keep bringing the luggage. They keep taking the luggage with them. <laughs> which so. actually it turned out good cuz later they burn it. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what they made their paper. fire of. Yeah. yeah. They didn't have any water, though. No. Because they needed the dink dinks to bring water. They did. Anyway. So, yeah. So then they go back to Space, uh, S- S- Spaceball, Spaceball 1. Spaceball 1. And uh, they decide to use this new amazing technology where the videos have already been produced of the movie, the VHS. So they grab the VHS and they start to watch the movie. And, you know, I was asking, uh, you know, how do they... Obviously not how they do that. This isn't like the best special effect in the world but they'll obviously edit this scene in later Later, after the video is done and they actually watch the movie that we're watching and fast forward to in real time where they're looking at the camera (laughs) pretty pretty goofy scene and uh, they find them walking through the desert yep so they're like we know where they are they're on the moon of vega or i think that's the name of it and they're gonna go get them so they tell they update the president of spaceball city and he says comb the desert comb the desert (laughs) Which brings us into a scene that for us no, is... It's oh. a, you have to do the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, because this is where uh, he points out Druidia. Oh, uh, and they're getting... And this, yeah, the tension the builds, fire. and she, she she looks at his medallion, and he tells her that he doesn't know what it is. And nobody ever, nobody's ever been... Uh, uh, no one's ever been able to read it. But yeah. this, is where, this is where they're having the fire and burning all the luggage. And yeah, and like... The nice romantic moment. Barf is sleeping on some of the luggage, and they're burning some more of it, and, and uh, they're being all dot s- matrix is in snuggly. sleep mode. And as they're about to kiss, Briefly. an alarm goes off, <laughs> and it's her virgin alarm, which is, as a dad of two daughters, I think I'd love to have one of those for when I have to go crack skulls when my daughters are older. Teach them to do it themselves. It works Cut. better. Fair enough. <laughs> better way to do it. So, so the next day they're walking through the desert, really hot. We need water, yep. And Barf needs so, uh, water, and Dot needs oil, and they end up passing out from the heat. Where these little not Jawas, not totally jawas. not dink dinks, dink dinks, yeah. dink dink, dink 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 dink. <laughs> so they come out, bring water, and drag them off to the cavern of the Schwartz. Which is as soon as they stop being Jawas, it cuts to a. To a scene from Wizard of Oz. Yeah, when they're walking up yeah, to the, the yeah. to the the grand sheet, which yeah, is exactly. the man behind the sheet. Man behind the curtain. Yeah, which happens to be Mel Brooks as yogurt. Yogurt, of just, course. Just plain yogurt. Just plain yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he. This is where they do all the merchandise for the movie. Uh, there's a huge statue of yogurt. So he, uh, yeah, he talks about the Schwartz, and he's the great and knowing all yogurt, and um, he's gonna take Lone Star and teach him the ways. Because of not yogurt. only is he a sketchy smuggler like Han Solo, he's also Luke a hidden prince with the Schwartz, like Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, and he has a special ring, and he lifts up. I think lifting the statue happens oh, a little later. later. Yeah. So yeah, then they go back to Spaceball City where they tell him about... Pro- progress report. And, yeah, yeah, and he's all, they're in the desert somewhere. All right, comb the desert. And so they cut to this scene where they're in their safari. Dark Helmet is in his safari helmet, which is a giant safari helmet that covers his face. Yep. It's a pith helmet. A pith helmet that covers his face. And we get some casual racism. Yeah, he shoots out. Typ- and they're actually ladies. running these giant combs through the desert. And they cut to the crew, the two black guys on the crew. And they're pulling a pick. And, of course, he's got to lift his helmet to show everybody that he's black. And then instead of, like, we haven't found anything like the other two, he says, we ain't found shit. Because, of course, we have to make sure everyone knows he's black. Yeah, it's the 80s. It's the 80s, yeah. yeah where socially acceptable. Yeah. Good time. 
Excellent. Yeah. yeah. We've come a long ways. So he, uh, they haven't found anything apparently, and the pick wasn't working. So they shoot back into the temple where uh, Yogurt is teaching Lone Star. Lone Star to use the Schwartz and lift up his giant statue. At which point, what happens? Of course, I, I drops it on the on Barf's foot. Yeah, yeah. Which turn comes out like a giant pancake. <laughs> yeah, and off he takes his flipper into the other room. So pretty good, yep. nice, funny yep. Yep. scene. Yep. Totally. He knows he's got the Schwartz in him. And then they cut to outside of the cave where they're, they haven't found anything and he's all bent out of shape and then he feels the Schwartz. The well, uh, dark, helmet, dark Helmet. Dark Helmet senses the Schwartz. The Schwartz, yeah, but can't go. And then they find this. He uses his ring to find where the Schwartz is coming from, which is a brush, door, with brush a, off the door with a Y on it. Yogurt. So they can't go in there. He hates yogurt, even hates, with strawberries. He hates yogurt. <laughs> oh, dear God, let me out of here. No. no. Oh, it just gets better. So then he, uh, so then they they can't go in there. So she's going to lure her out by being the king. Yeah, mind tricks. He yeah. Fakes her. And then into when she, seeing her dad. Ha fooled you. And she passes out in his arms. He's got his full Darth Vader outfit back on. Yeah. Yeah, and off they go, captured. So, um, did he take, yeah, he got the robot as well, uh, Dot Matrix got caught as well, and yeah. off they went to Spaceball City where they're going to trade her vanity for the code for the to code. the, yeah. At the same time, uh, uh, Yogurt fuels up uh, Lone Star's <laughs> Winnebago so he can go to Spaceball City and rescue, and at which time he gives her he gives him a fortune cookie and says... Open it before you eat it. Yeah, yeah, make sure you open it before you eat it. And so, the and the Schwartz ring. And the Schwartz ring, yeah. And uh, and off he goes to save the princess. At which point they cut into <laughs> probably one of my favorite scenes of the movie where Dark Helmet, who's been pretty childish and goofy the whole time, is playing with little action figures <laughs> of the characters of the show. And he's he knocks over all three of them and starts kissing creepily. It's kind of nice to have the... The obligatory rape scene done by toys instead of people <laughs> in this one. That that's a good point. It is definitely a no moment. And the doll- oh come on, you've you've never noticed that there's a every single every single uh, action movie from the eighties has a rape scene. Fair no. fair enough. The obligatory rape scene. I, I like that. That's a good way to explain it. And it's where she through Stockholm syndrome he forces her to realize that he she loves how smooth his dark helmet is. Which could have so many other connotations. And there's but. some casual uh, anti-Semitic jokes too here. Yes. Yeah, there is. So wait, wait. the good news is his commander saves us just in time and says, don't worry, I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. Because he's like, what did you see? And he says, I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. Which obviously he saw him, which is actually kind of hilarious as well. And Rick Moranis. Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Yeah, ends up in the commander's office, or the president's office with the president, um, a guy fresh off the golf course, and Princess Vespa tied to a chair, and the king on the screen saying, well, what do you want? And they want the code to the airlock so that they can steal all of the air. Yep. Or or they're going to let the plastic surgeon have her. Yeah, and not fix her nose, but reverse it back to where it was. Put it back to where it was, yeah. Which is a giant witch's nose from maybe the Wizard of Oz. Again, back to the Wizard of Oz with the witch's nose. I think it's another uh, shot at Jewish princesses. 
Druish princesses. Druish princesses. And, of course, the surgeon who is off the golf course, whose caddy is standing behind him with his golf clubs, ready to perform this surgery. Uh, and, of course, Princess Vespa says, No, Dad, you can't give him the code. And then passes out. And then Dad's like, Oh, yeah, I can give him the code. Oh, yeah. And the code is the best ever. One, two, three, four, five. Or the best way to say it is one, twenty-three, fifty-four. Forty-five. Forty-five. <laughs> wow. So uh, you're, not, you're not getting a lot of sleep these days. No. Right? So one, two, three, four, five, and uh, Dark Helmet makes the comment: only an idiot would have that as his luggage. Uh, that's the kind of code an idiot would, would have, have on his, his luggage. luggage yeah. yeah. So they've got the code, and they move Princess back to the holding cells, and uh, the president comes in and says, "You got the code. What is it? One, two, three, four, five. That's the exact code on my luggage. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. But I'm cheating. Yeah. So uh, they talk for a few minutes about how they're going to go and get the air. And this is when Lone Star shows up and lands in prisoner parking. So it was all very well laid out for him. I thought that was very convenient. Prisoner parking. They lure the two guards on, steal their outfits. One happens to be fat, one happens to be skinny. You know, it's funny, his tail sticking out the back, and they walk by these other guards, and the guard looks back and sees this tail, and he's like, no. <laughs> and they end up in the holding cells where it says, royal prisoners only. So, yeah. like, very nicely mapped out to where to find them. And, of course, it's uh, somebody singing, Nobody you knows, in a very low, very, bassy very tone. Yeah. And, of course, when they look into the cell, it's, it's her. Princess Vespa yep. singing. And they found a big giant jailer's key on the guys, so they're able to open up the cells and get her out. Uh, and now they're going to just go to the ship and fly away, which would be nice and convenient. Except the guards are back. The two in guards. their underwear. Hey, the guys that stole our clothes. And a gunfight ensues. Or a laser fight. Yep. Um, at which point they run out of Oops. laser bullets. Yep. And barf very smartly rips this four-tubed U off the wall, <laughs> jumps out in front of everyone, and they conveniently shoot all four shots into, into the, tube, the tube, rolls around, and kills all four, knocks all four of them out. Like, genius. Because of course it did. Of course, yeah. So then they, they run away, and they jump through a door that's closing, Indiana Jones style. And on the other side, the guards come in to arrest them to find out that it's their stunt doubles. Their stunt doubles, yeah. <laughs> it would just... Pretty funny in itself, which gives them a chance to kind of escape out the back door. Unfortunately, while they're running to the Winnebago, it gets shot and the door gets fused shut. So they can't get in. So now while they're working on that, they hand the gun to Princess Vespa and say, cover us. She doesn't do guns. No. She holds it with two fingers and then they shoot a few shots and one of them burns her hair. She is not Princess Leia. No. Earlier in the movie, she did have Princess Leia curls, but yeah, they were actually they were <laughs> headphones, so she could listen to her music. Yeah. So she gets mad and says, he shot my hair. Oh, and then she and then she does guns. <laughs> and then in like 10 shots, kills 10 people. Yeah. Perfect. They all get onto the Winnebago, and they w are watching now as Baseball 1. Baseball 1 is a Transformer as well. Is a Transformer as well, and it's into a um, Molly Maid, or a Mega Maid, I think they Giant called it. Ma yeah, Mega Maid. Which is yeah. like the head of the Statue of Liberty, and the this giant vacuum, and that's how they're going to suck all the air out. Totally. Um, which is another good scene where the three of them are standing there going, suck, 
Sock. Sock. So they are sucking up the air. They're showing people on uh, Planet Druidia. The king is running out of oxygen, holding up his picture of his daughter. And that's when they hatch the plan to reverse. Because, of course, the switch, the big, huge switch for the vacuum has off, on, and and reverse. reverse. So Lone Star uses the Schwartz to flip the switch. Flip the switch. And it... Conveniently blows all the trees back into where they were. The, the, snow, the snow exactly where it started. <laughs> was on the mountain. And they get air. And the other part of it was, every ship like this must have a self-destruct. So we have to go and hit the self-destruct button. So they go in through the ear. They wiggle their way down the ear hole into the brain. And their computer, infrared computer, finds the self-destruct button. So yep. he... That was a good 80s video game scene, too, with the... With the path where they showed where the ship was flying through the robot? Right. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, and he gets into, finds the guard outside of the, first guard outside of the door, and he grabs him by just under the ear, and the guy's like, what are you doing? Goes <laughs> the Vulcan neck grab. No, 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 it's much lower than that. And then, of course, he, he gets it, it and knocks him out. Yeah. yeah. Steals his key, gets into the room where there's a guy shaving. And he's like, hey, Merv, is that you? Or whatever name he uses. And no, it's Lone Star who's going to take the shaving cream and fill his eyes and his mouth with it. Totally. And then use that to open the green or red beams that are guarding the self-destruct button. And as he's about to push it, Dark Helmet and the best line in the entire movie as they open up their lightsabers out of their rings... And it's the best dick joke ever that I've ever seen. Because yeah, they're holding yeah. them in front of their dicks when yeah. they extend them. And he says, oh, I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Uh, a fight scene ensues of them very Star Wars Kind Wars-esque. of smart lightsabering, except their Schwartzes get tangled. Yeah, they get, and then they got to push each other apart. And, of course, they, hash, they hack up a uh, crew member who, like a film... Someone filming the, yeah, the f- actual the f- scene. the film crew, yeah. The film crew gets hacked up, which is, I mean, that's, that's good classic. Funny, yeah. yeah. Um, but they were able to continue the scene with the hurt, injured f- crew members. Yeah, it clearly wasn't that important. <laughs> lots, of, lots of guys on the crew. And he talks him into shaking on it, at yeah. which point he steals his ring. Yeah. Yoink. Yeah. Is it, isn't this where it says good is dumb? Yeah, yeah. so that that's the, the line is, evil will always triumph because good is dumb. Which is a pretty funny line. I use that line a lot All in my the time, life. Yeah. yeah, I'm not not that I'm evil, but if I was, that would probably be on my T-shirt. Yeah. So they he, he says he gets backed into a corner and he hears yogurt. He hears yogurt. Say the Schwartz is in you. You don't need the ring. I found it in a Cracker Jack box. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he uses a mirror over top of his penis because, yeah. of course, he's going to shoot. Well, him yeah, because your two dark friends. dark helmet says say goodbye to your two best friends, and I don't mean the. <laughs> What was it? Say goodbye to your two best friends, and I don't mean the people in the Winnebago? Something like Something that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so... So he grabs a, a mirror and holds it in front of his junk. And it ends up hitting Rick Moranis, or Dark Helmet, Dark, in, Dark the Helmet junk, in the junk. Dark Helmet in the junk, Pushes him back into the button. Because, of course. Yeah, because that was the easier way to push it. Yeah. Um, so in three minutes, the Mega Maid will self-destruct. And then we see the evacuation scene. (laughs) Which is a great scene where everyone is getting into the escape pods. And, of course, the three, the commander, Dark Helmet, and the president are Are last last and trying to find a... And they get 
interrupted by the bearded lady and the circus and the, circus. <laughs> the and orchestra the, the one guy finally gets into the into the uh, uh escape pod and can't do up the seatbelt because of course he's sitting on a bear who growls at him and well, obviously <laughs> yeah and away he goes um with 20 seconds left the little voice the girl says this bill this will self-destruct in 20 seconds now would be the time to push the cancel self-destruction yeah. or whatever and they're like, it must be here. So they go sliding down three sets of stairs and find it to be too late and out of order. And out of order. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a very important thing. And then they get to 10 and they all hold each other in. And as the 10 counts down and he goes, 10, 9, 8, 6. And they're like, 6. What happened to What's that? He's like, just kidding. 7, 6. <laughs> and then as the, as the Winnebago escapes from the ear, the thing blows up and... Everyone. Evil did not triumph. No, everyone Good celebrates. Was not dumb. They take they take the princess home. They take the princess home, and she's going to get married to Prince Valium. Um, yeah. And so they they the, cut to a scene where yeah. Lone Star and Barf are going to a diner, I love a space this part. diner. And Barf order, orders the special, and Lone Star orders the soup. And down at the end of the bar is John Hurt and a bunch of guys from the Alien movie. <laughs> talking and carrying on and all of a sudden his stomach starts to he starts coughing up crackers and his stomach yeah stomach hurts and the the, the chest burster comes out again and he says not, not again, again. <laughs> but this one's way cooler he's got a little top hat a cane he and does the starts saying hello the dancing honey, frog hello number hello from Darling, across. Bunny. and of course that's when barf says what did he have the special Soup. <laughs> and then this little alien dances across the bar. And yeah, we're out of here. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we're not going to eat. So, of course, that makes Barf very, very hungry. And just like in Home Alone, when you're really, really hungry and don't want to ruin your supper, you have Tic Tacs or, in this movie, Fortune Cookie, fortune cookie is going to fill you up. But don't forget to open it first, at which oh, point... No, keep going? All right. At which point, Yogurt pops out to tell him that his little medallion says he's a bonafide prince it's a royal birth birth certificate woohoo woohoo so at the same time we see where the head from the spaceball one lands on the planet of the apes oh yeah and they course, make the booger yeah. joke the booger joke yeah what's climbing out of their nose spaceballs spaceballs oh, yeah there so. goes the planet <laughs> so then uh so then during the wedding of course uh She's going to marry Prince, Prince Valium. <laughs> She's super excited about it and says, I'm over him. I'm over him because obviously a princess can't marry no. a non-prince. So they're walking down the aisle and uh, the aisle, the, they're walking down the aisle and uh, the priest is getting more and more anxious because it keeps getting interrupted. And he's like, I just want to marry these people. And uh, it, what did he says in holy, he's going to say in uh, Join you in holy matrimony, and that's when, of course, the Winnebago flies. Oh yeah, because he he says to, uh, to Prince Valium, "Do you?" and he says, "I suppose." And to her, she says, "Do you?" and she's like, "Well." well <laughs> and then Lone Star comes crashing in. Yeah, he says, "Holy moly!" <laughs> and then he comes in in his prince duds and says, "I'm a prince," and she says. Do you take him and and yeah he's, she goes I have to think about it and yeah. then shoves Valium out of the way will you, I do will you marry me let me think about it <laughs> <laughs> I do and I'm guessing they live happily ever spacebally it's implied it's implied and Barf's the best man yep and you get through an hour and a half of your life with some good laughs we could probably let Farron out of the closet in a few minutes you still in there 
He'll be fine. Yeah. Still we, breathing. We should go get lunch. He doesn't want to have a beer with us anyway. So, so uh, that is Spaceballs the movie. It was glorious. Do you, what do you think? How do you? Uh, it holds up. The humor holds up. The the casual racism doesn't. It's a little more icky, I yeah. think. And that's, you know, I've had been more and more lately been trying to be open-minded and trying to um, better myself in, in the world and taking words out of my vocabulary that aren't needed and jokes and things that, you know, just aren't as accepted or as they were yeah. in the 80s and 90s. So, you know, you yeah. look at that, if you really want to get into the the ickiness of it, and yeah, it is, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's a little uncomfortable here and there, but yeah. it's still it's still pretty funny. Still pretty funny. And if you take it for what it is in 80s slapstick yeah. humor, it's it's pretty funny. I would say it definitely holds up. And I, I know we've kind of gone away from the star rating. And, you know, it's hard to really, this isn't this isn't the most immaculate production ever made. And, you know, but it, it does what it's intended to do. Yeah. And that's make most people It laugh. is what it is. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So, great. Let's, let's end it there. <laughs> All right. I guess it's time for lunch. Hey, uh, guys. Hello. Is anyone in there? It, 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 it's really dark in, in here. Hello? Hello?